It's Amber Bradley, your host for the unscripted side of LP. It's Talk LP Podcast time. What's up, Talk LP Podcast time? It's Amber Bradley, your host here with Art Barraza, Director of Lost Prevention for Love Sack. What is up, dude? Hi, how are you? <laughs> you are kind of like the guy that needs no introduction. You are an industry veteran. People know you. If you don't know art, you're where have you been? Where have you been all this time? Oh my word. <laughs> I've been, I started basically at soft lines uh, and worked my way around. I started, uh, my career started in Robinson's made department stores out in California. Uh, I've worked at Lowe's Home Improvement, Rite Aid, and now I am currently at Love Sack Furniture Company. Probably like the coolest, hippest furniture company ever. I don't think people say hip anymore, but every time we were just talking about this, every time I see the commercials for Love Sack, I'm like, I got to get one of those. <laughs> those things are insane. So, so I want to talk to you a little bit about, you know, our typical leadership stuff. I think it's really interesting, but I do want you to kind of describe one of the things we had kind of preempted off camera, which was you report to the CFO. Yep. Um, have you reported to the CFO before directly? Yeah, Lowe's. We okay. Used to, yeah. Okay. Curious. I, I'm really interested in that relationship, right? So you clearly had a lot of experience reporting to the CFO. And so I'm curious, you know, what is that like? Is it, is it a mostly positive thing um, or challenging because they're so high level that you got to explain or not explain, just give them like the tidbit, like talk to us a little bit about your experience with that. Well, uh, it's this way, obviously working for a chief financial officer, everything is about uh, whatever you spend, what are we getting back? What's my ROI? And with my CFO, she's very uh, detailed and she's outstanding. Man, she is very, very good. If anything, I she's made me learn the business from inside and out. Uh, and constantly volunteers me for every task, which is outstanding. Um, so like anything, she is as detailed as possible and expects that from my team. Uh, so there is no gray areas. It's, uh, you, you gotta know the answers. Uh, obviously if any, bit of technology that you're asking for. You got to know what the ROI is going to be and what the spend is going to be and what you expect to get back from that ROI. So it's uh, probably made you really tighten up your ROI game, right? It's oh, just because absolutely. you, I, I don't think there's many CFOs out there that aren't speaking the numbers per, perfectly, right? So if you're going in there, you got to really know what that ROI is and speak that language, right? What was that like trying to like learn that and figure out, figure that out through your career? Cause I'm sure there are some people out there listening that are like, maybe their specialty is ORC or internal theft or interviewing, but they want to get to where you are, you know, director level. Like, how did you learn how to get there with being able to have a knowledgeable conversation with the CFO? Well, that's a great question. And here's the answer. Uh, my prior leader, Claude Verville, we used to report to the CFO at Lowe's. 
And I learned as much as possible from Claude because he was just as detailed as anyone else. And it's not just them asking questions, it's us being able to inform them and have the answers before they, they ask the questions. And that's how you get credibility. Uh, and uh, I was lucky enough to come into uh, my current corporation uh, with that kind of knowledge. So I knew that before I brought a topic up to them, I had the answer and I knew what my ROI was going to be. And I knew that it, it wasn't uh, uh, to expect, I'm going to buy all this for every one of my stores, but obviously create a risk level assessment of all the stores and tell them, this is what I'm going to do. This is where I'm going to put the technology in. And then in the years to come, filter that down to the rest of the stores if they need it. That's uh, obviously, yeah, you 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 got to be uh, very sensible. Uh, like a strategic with, with rollout plan, right? Oh, so absolutely. So you go in there and say, look, I'm going to need $6 million because every store is getting this immediately. You think they're going to be like, uh, okay. Uh, well, they're going to bounce you out. That, that's yeah. very naive <laughs> to think that a company is going to be able to give you that kind of money. It's yeah. just not going to happen. Yeah. You got to be very strategic and you have to have, uh, uh, a high level risk level assessment of your ask. Uh, so let's just say CCTV. If you ask for everything all at once, well, the budget's going to be blown out. But if you go in knowing what you want to do and have a, have a plan of how you're going to roll it out and explain your needs, uh, and it's not always for let's say internals or externals, but you gotta be able to bleed it into uh, operations and say that the operational uh, regional directors of operations and district managers of operations could utilize this technology to do virtual walkthroughs. And in this day and age of COVID, that becomes a, a little bit easier to swallow as well. Uh, and it's not just that, it's, it's being able to investigate general liability and workers comp. And, it, you know, you got to be able to spread the wealth uh, with your entire partners in the company. Like and multiple benefits across various departments. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Because internal audit can use that as well and do virtual audits as well. So do you, when you do that, do you assign a dollar value even to these other departments or you, or when you go in there, it's like, Hey, Here's where all of this can benefit. Here's the dollars that I have to say, this is the ROI, but do you extrapolate well, you out to other well, departments? Well, if you could spread the, the wealth on the usage, uh, you try to explore with my boss to spread the wealth on the expenditures as right. well. So absolutely, we've done several uh, ways to get technology and it's worked. So these are really good points. Um, and I think that a lot of people, you know, when you're talking about coming to the C-suite and trying to get budgetary dollars for a certain project, like, and you say, well, you got to do the ROI, you know, but some people like, you know, you'd be sitting there sometimes in these conferences where you're like, okay, how, like what, you know, so you've explained really some of these steps that you go through, I think is great. You talked about a mentor. 
you know, tell us a little bit about, you know, when you talk about your background and kind of professional development and things, it sounds like, you know, having a mentor that can teach you along the way is a pretty good idea. Oh my God. It's, it's absolutely essential. I mean, I've been blessed in my career and in my life to have uh, these extraordinary mentors to start with uh, my father, uh, who was everything to me. But in my professional career, I've worked with some career leaders uh, like Bob Oberosler or Claude Verville. And I've worked with some extraordinary people like Leo Anguiano and Terry Sullivan. And you, you gotta be able every day take notes from people like the ones I just named. You gotta be a sponge but not just the sponge of loss prevention people, but obviously like the people you report to, uh, your, your leaders, like right now, the, the, my boss. Uh, it's not just learning the loss prevention profession. You gotta learn the business. In retail industry, it is, it is broad and it's complex. And every day is a learning experience because it continues to change daily. And, you know, as, as, as we talk about uh, where you get the merchandise, cargo, and, and where the shipping lanes are and the issues that are happening right now, uh, you, got, you gotta be a sponge and learn as much as possible, ask as many questions as possible. But like I said, I, I've been a, very, very blessed in my career to have terrific people surrounding me. And uh, the, the most important thing I can do is share the wealth as well and, and try to be uh, someone people can come to for any advice I can. I don't know what, what advice I can give them, but I'll answer their questions. <laughs> that's, that's a perfect segue into our next question, which is that all. I love this one, right? Because it's really, it's really career advice, especially for everybody out there, you know, that maybe aspiring to that director, that VP level, right? It's like when you, if you could go back in your career to the younger art, right? Not to say that we're old because we are not, but (laughs) the younger art in your career, what would you, what do you either wish you would have done or wish you would have known or that you could kind of give some advice to your, the younger self, what would it be? Yeah, first thing I do, it smack me upside the head and say, hey, listen, shut up. Because <laughs> you can't learn anything if you keep talking. Just shut up and take notes because you don't know anything at this point. You know, you, you, you work in companies and, and LP people think, well, I know how to catch shoplifter. I know everything. Well, you know what? Loss prevention is not that. It, it is progressed to levels of... Just, it's, a, it's incredible, the depth and width of the loss prevention profession. And the most critical advice I could give somebody is learn as much as possible and truly get a mentor that can give you the knowledge and the, because uh, experience is, is essential. So get, get somebody who's had the experience and learn as much as possible from them. But if 
all their life has been in loss prevention, then start asking the operators. And then obviously everyone else in the retail industry, learn as much as possible. Because uh, the moment you start thinking you know everything is the moment you stop learning and you become stagnant. And that's it. Yeah, it's really interesting, like, especially these days with millennials out there. And if you're a millennial, I love you. I love the younger <laughs> generation. But I will say that it's a little tough, this empowerment we've given to this generation, because it seems like sometimes, sometimes it goes a little hand in hand with a little disrespect for the experience of the older generation that's just trying to help you along the way. It's like, okay, you may not have learned everything on YouTube. Like there is some experiential uh, things that you got to get, you know, I, my mom called it paying your dues, you know what I mean? But I feel like that's like gone out the window. <laughs> that is absolutely true. <laughs> Everybody wants to be in your seat right now. And you want to be like, whoa, whoa, like you got to do the grunt work. You got to roll up your sleeves and pull the cat five cable in the ceiling, just like everybody else did. But because there's learnings there. I mean, what do you say when you're young? I mean, you got to, and I, I sound so old with the paying your dues, but what's the, what's the cool way to say that? I don't even know. Well, Dave, I, I wouldn't know, but obviously is, is stick with it. And <laughs> uh, like I said, you, you have got to uh, uh, ask as much, as many questions as possible and learn. Yeah. Uh, so get certified. Uh, LPC, uh, any certification. CFI. Uh, oh, any certification yeah. is worth it. You gotta know the industry. Uh, and it, it's insane how much the LP certification does for you uh, because it makes you a well-rounded leader. And uh, uh, it's just something that happened to this industry that's the best thing. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So. That's definitely some really good advice on the professional development side. You've given the audience some good advice. I want to hear what's the worst career advice you've <laughs> ever received. Turning it on its head a second, like worst career advice. Oh, listen, I've. You're a nice okay. guy, but you're going to have to like dig it out here. Like the worst thing. <laughs> well, you know, obviously they when I was uh, growing up in the industry, uh, there were some leaders oh, that will remain nameless, but yes, good that, idea. Would, that would uh, tell you to stay in your lane. Uh, meaning if, if you, you were a shoplift catcher, stay, stick with shoplifts, stick with this, stick with that. Uh, and, you know, obviously don't listen to that. Stay comfortable. Not, That's like stay yeah. comfortable, right? Stay comfortable. You yeah. can't. You can't. You got to get uncomfortable to learn. And, and quite frankly, uh, I I didn't listen. And boy, did that pay off. Yeah. Because, uh, like I said, I had bad leaders and I had outstanding leaders. And people like the like the ones I just named, like Claude, uh, Bob, Leo, Terry, they were extraordinary in the fact that they pushed people to learn the industry, to go out there and the industry is wide. It's just, you wouldn't believe. And 
you know, when you work in retail, it's learning retail and that's not easy because uh, it's everything from uh, operations, merchandising, and it's uh, being able to go into the C-suite and understand what they're talking about and have a voice. That's the most important thing. Know the business. So when you do have a voice, you have something to say yeah. and it's valuable because if, if you don't, then it's disastrous. <laughs> yeah, you're doing harm to your credibility. If they Absolutely. finally get around to you and you're like, uh, uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, Amber, exactly. Well, I think you've highlighted some things too that when you're talking about knowing the business, I mean, you may, people out there, the collective you may be responsible for lots of things, right? Whether it's ORC investigations and other things, but if you're coming into the C-suite talking about only maybe case counts or, yeah, you know, admission yeah. percentage or something like you're talking, like you got to elevate that conversation to business acumen talk right where people are like oh, okay how does that what you just said apply to the business and maybe you should start with that well i'll just give you an example you know losses don't always come from internals or externals or rc this big operational loss it's not it's deciphering so you got to know the operations of the business to be able to solve the operations of the business you got to know the technology and become good friends with IT uh, as to why we are suffering so many issues. So in the past two years, I have learned so much about our technology and its shortcomings and being able to work with our CIO to come up with solutions to that. And uh, some of these recoveries that we have in the hundreds of thousands of dollars, which is insane, which is basically all our strength is operations. So you focus on the technology that's here, meaning not just our technology, but I'm talking about uh, net suite synchrony and, and being able to know what is the the how do we ring up product what is the technology is the technology failing our customers or failing our company in ringing up product correctly and where is the shrink coming from on these and this year it, it has been uh challenging to say the least but we've We've had some huge breakthroughs. Uh, you got to work with your training department on how to teach and train the employees out in the field on how to properly ring up product. Because if they ring it up, if you, first of all, if you receive it incorrectly, you're going to sell it incorrectly. So you've got to be able to decipher what is the right way to receive it and write policies and procedures on how to correctly do it and, and teach logistics and work with logistics and then go to your training department and work with them on how to sell it correctly and make sure that we don't suffer shrink along the way yeah and in the last two years boy have we done that it's, it's insane but the benefits are outstanding and of course uh you get credibility in the c-suite when you're able to talk 
this is what we've done and this is where uh, what I've developed and these are the policies that we've created. Uh, and these are the changes and the tweaks we've made with some of the technology we utilize and uh, the benefits are outstanding. And, and uh, hopefully you'll gain that credibility in the CSTA. Well, it's interesting because you come from Lowe's, right? Where it's really like a bazillion SKUs. <laughs> so you're, you're used to the tiniest little SKU that costs a bazillion dollars with, you know, all the different things that people do with home improvement. And then you're dealing with an ORC piece of it, you know, but you bring up a good point because I'm sure at Lovesack, right? I mean, you don't have people running in and running out with couches, right? So most of your shrink uh, would have to be operational when you think about it. So you're saying you got to know all of these pieces to the puzzle because if you don't know how it's supposed to be used properly, you can't predict how it will be used improperly. Correct. Correct. And you got you got to you got to know what the technology is and obviously what the schematics are on ringing up a certain transaction. And then you got to follow it from cradle to grave and see how we received it, how we're uh, stocking it, how we're invoicing it and how we're selling it. And then obviously go back to your inventory control department and see how we are inventorying it and obviously make adjustments there. And Luckily enough, I've been involved in every one of my, with my partners, whether it's inventory control, logistics, operations, and we've made big impacts uh, uh, with our financial numbers and being able to control our, our shrink and reduce it. And we, we have reduced it a lot. That's uh, awesome. Yeah, it's sure And that's is. a great, those are great examples too, because you might have some people out there that might be, you know, I don't know, focused on their own, like you said, they're in their lane. And then if you think about expanding maybe for advancement in your company, it's figuring out these other things. Um, okay, so moving on to, we're gonna wrap it up with a couple other quick questions. So I always like to do this as kind of a PSA for solution <laughs> providers. <laughs> you know, they're out there listening. I try to help them out by giving them unadulterated advice, feedback, right? To where you could say advice for solution providers trying to sell you something. Be patient and be uh, persistent. Uh, Persistently you, patient. <laughs> yeah, because I'll tell you what though, because uh, sometime you catch us and our day is absolutely chaotic, busy. I'll just use yesterday as an example. I had one meeting after another without a single minute break from 8 a.m. to about 7 p.m. And I did, and in the interim, I would see my phone being blasted by certain vendors, and I couldn't get back to them till early this morning. So when I say be patient, uh, we'll get back to you. Yeah, because no one thing, uh, we can't do our job without you. So uh, we are uh, absolutely dependent on some of our vendors and we are certainly looking 
for that perfect partner that would allow us to do a better job and service our customers. But if they keep blowing you up, right? I mean, one of the advice was, me if I haven't answered my phone, don't in the same 30 seconds, send me a text and an email. Because <laughs> you're going to get back to them. It just takes a second. <laughs> it just takes a second. It just takes a second. Okay. So, uh, Sorry, go ahead. I no, I did. go ahead. Tell All me. right. This is one of my favorite questions, uh, which I ask most of my guests here. If you weren't in loss prevention as an executive, what would you be? What alternate career would you have? Can you see yourself doing? Well, way back when, when I first started, uh, I was in my first year of law school and I had gotten a job at Robinson's May to help pay student loans. And I fell in love with it. And that's the path that's I went. That was it. Yeah. I, so I maybe in I, a maybe courtroom attorney. Yeah. We, all my brothers are attorneys. So oh. I've got three brothers and they're all attorneys. My grandfather was a judge. Oh, so yeah. That's I would, neat. Yeah. So <laughs> I would think I would do that. Well, it's no but wonder you don't you don't know what you don't know. So hey, for all yeah. I know, I'd be a ditch digger or something. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know Love Sack's happy to have you where you are because uh, you know. Let me just ask: this is a relatively new company, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, they they became public in uh, 2018. Okay, yeah. Uh, but they've been around for a while. They've been around yeah. for a while because they've uh, evolved with the product offering. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And there be, we're becoming bigger and bigger and bigger and it's exciting. And uh, I am so blessed to be here. Well, we appreciate you here. So thank you so much, Art, for stepping thank into you. the Talk LP podcast hot seat. Don't forget to download the Talk LP news app, loss prevention, breaking headlines in the palm of your hand. I don't know why you wouldn't download it. And you can always <laughs> shout us out at Let's Talk LP. Thanks again, Art. This has been fun. Thank you. Have a great one, Amber. Thanks, guys. See ya. Bye.